BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. On Tuesday, Politico reported that former President George H.W. Bush would vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. The Bush family has shunned Trump since the primaries, and they've drawn close to the Clintons ever since George H.W. left office in 1992. But still, the news was kind of shocking, given both the Bush family's continued prominence in American politics. George P. Bush is currently Texas land commissioner and has his eye on higher office. But the H.W. apparent decision, which was reported by Kathleen Kennedy Townsend, really doesn't come as much of a surprise. The Bush family isn't put off so much by Trump's policy proposals, except for immigration and free trade. The Bush family actually likes a lot of what Trump has to say. They're mostly put off by Trump's attitude, his boorishness, his ignorance, his general sense of know-nothingism. To be fair, Trump clubbed Jeb like a baby seal, and the Bush family specifically during the debates, and that had to draw some ire from the family, you'd imagine. But for George H.W. Bush, the deciding factor was likely attitudinal. Trump just doesn't belong. The Clintons, by dint of two decades in the White House, spotlight do. This is one of the objections to Trump that many Trump supporters have a right to be angry about. It's one thing to object to Trump based on policy differences and a general belief he toxifies the conservative message. That's why I oppose Trump. It's another thing to do it because you don't belong, you, you think he doesn't belong in the Tony company of the upper crust blue bloods. The Bush family feels like American royalty. They appear to see Trump as some sort of nouveau rich blowhard. That feels elitist, not principled. Nobody was surprised the person who reported HW's voting choice was a Kennedy. That's how the Bushes apparently roll. And that feeling of Republican elitism helped drive Trump to new heights in the primaries. Trump wasn't merely a reaction to the neocons or the Republican establishment. He was a reaction to the Bush family in particular, their genteel sensibilities, their family heritage, their general chumminess with the Clintons. Republican primary voters reveled in the Trump-Jeb pile drivers every time Trump would climb up on the third level of the, of the ring and then jump on top of Jeb. They felt great because it felt like Trump was willing to hit people hard, unlike the Bush family which means that H.W.'s quasi-endorsement of Hillary Clinton isn't likely to drive a lot of Republican voters away from Trump. In fact, it may do precisely the opposite. It actually may drive Republican voters toward Trump, since H.W. lost the presidency to the Clintons, made friends with them, and now appears to want them back in office. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro. So much to talk about today. I mean, and really a wide variety of topics to talk about today. I'll begin by saying hello to our sponsor, Birch Gold. Of course, if you need to buy gold, if you're interested in converting your 401k to gold and escaping the tax consequences, you need to talk to my friends at Birch Gold Group. They have a great record of success. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're the people that I would trust to invest in precious metals, and I do believe that part of any good portfolio is precious metals. You should talk to them, ask all your questions, and when you call them, they'll send you a 16-page kit revealing how gold and silver can protect your savings. And again, you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of stocks and bonds and into a precious metals IRA, which given the volatility of the market and the upcoming volatility that I think is going to happen because of President Obama's crappy economic policy, uh, there may be a, a reason to invest more in precious metals. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, you need to call them at Birch Gold Group, 800-496-6663. That's 800-496-6663. Or go to birchgold.com slash Ben. That's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash Ben. Make sure you add the slash Ben because that means they know that I sent you and that means they continue to advertise and keep the voices in my head, a.k.a. all of the people behind the camera employed. 
All right. So if you're if you're wondering why I have a curtain behind me, it's not because Trump has finally sent me to the gulag. It's actually because I'm in a Michigan Holiday Inn Express, which means that I'm more of an expert on things than I ever was before. I feel a newfound surge of expertise that is just waving over me. It's, it's really amazing. And I have to thank Holiday Inn Express for that. I'm speaking at a, a local university uh, in Michigan today. You should show up if you have the opportunity. I believe that it's a Grand Rapids Valley College um, and uh, and. So I'm speaking there today. Tomorrow, if you're around the Yale area, I'm speaking at Yale. And then the following day, I'm speaking at Roanoke College. So I'll be on the road the entire week. Okay, lots to get to. Let's begin with something that Hillary Clinton is just now tweeting about. There's a shooting of a, of a black guy in Tulsa, and his name is Terrence Crutcher. What happened in this particular case is that Terrence Crutcher, somebody called the cops because he stopped his car in the middle of the road and then apparently ran from his car saying that it was going to explode at any second. People called 911. They said there's this crazy guy who appears to be high and he's running in the middle of the road and he stops his car in the middle of the road. The cops show up and, uh, and here's what happens. I'm going to hit the recorder. This guy's still walking and following commands. Not for taser, I think. That's the kind of feeling that's about to happen. That looks like a bad dude, too. Which way are they facing? Please, one, they're facing westbound. Uh, I think he may have just been tasered. Shots fired! Ooh! Uh, 321, we have shots fired. We have one suspect down. I we need, need to into here. I need to get this uh, <coughs> eastbound closed down if they could, because they're not going to be able to let anybody. Okay. Uh, police, one, we're going to need to get eastbound 36th Street North. Actually, we're just going to need 36th Street North shut down uh, at Lewis. And then probably back off about three or four blocks to the west of there. Okay, so you can see the tape, and it's really bad. And what you're actually seeing is you're seeing this, this, this large black man walk down the street with his hands raised in the air. He's walking away from the cops. They're telling him to stop. He's not paying attention to their, to their commands. He walks back to his car, and then, he, and then he sort of drops his hands down toward the car. He, it looks like he's leaning toward the car. And then one of the cops shoots him. One tases him and one shoots him. Now you can hear somebody say, that looks, like a, that looks like a bad dude. People are thinking that that means that it's a race thing, but he follows that up with it looks like he's on drugs. Okay, the reason that, so, so everyone's trying to turn this into a racial issue. Now it looks like a bad shoot. Okay, it really looks like a bad shoot. Apparently the officer who actually shot the guy, a female officer, she apparently was just devastated, which she should be because she shot somebody uh, who was unarmed. I mean, he, he had his hands up and was walking back to his car. He obviously should have obeyed officer commands, but that's no excuse for the police shooting you for no reason. Uh, and this is a case where the police commissioner immediately came out when they released the tape. He said, this is really bad. We're doing a full investigation. The FBI is on it. The DOJ is on it. So normally in a situation like this, in a situation like this, good-hearted people of all stripes look at this sort of situation and they say, that's a terrible shoot. The full weight of the law should come down on the person who killed somebody here. Right? The full weight of the law should be brought to bear. That's true for black and white and green. It's true for people on the right side of the aisle. It's true for people on the left side of the aisle. And I'm not seeing today a lot of people saying Terrence Crutcher deserved to get shot. I really haven't seen it anywhere. That doesn't stop the left. That doesn't stop the left. So Sean King of the, uh, of the New York Daily News, a white guy who thinks that he's black or pretends that he's black, Sean King is a columnist there, and, he's, and he did the usual routine, which is he says, look at that black guy. He shot because his car is stopped in the middle of the road and he's signaling for help. Well, that's not the whole story, obviously. The story is that people called in and said that they thought he was on drugs, but it doesn't even matter. The idea, what he says is the black guy was shot for being in the middle of the road as opposed to Ahmed Rahmani, Rahami, who is the, the New York City terrorist, and they captured him alive and then they 
took him away uh, without without killing him. And this is a, a frequent complaint you hear. Uh, Dylan Stormroof, the guy who shot up the Charleston church, they took him alive uh, and they didn't end up killing him, whereas Eric Garner ends up dying. Okay, first off, statistically speaking, there have been multiple studies now. There was one from Harvard that came out last July, and it showed that black people are significantly less likely to be shot by the police than white people are likely to be shot by police in the same circumstances. In fact, officers, police officers, are 18.5 times more likely to be shot by a black male than an unarmed black male is to be shot by a police officer. Okay, all of that said, everyone agrees that a bad shoot is a bad shoot, but the left can't deal with that. The left doesn't want to believe that we all agree a bad shoot is a bad shoot. They actually want to believe that there are a bunch of people in the country who are fine with black people getting gunned down for no apparent reason. Hillary Clinton is playing on this today, and it's really disgusting. Hillary Clinton, here's, here's, what, here's what Hillary Clinton just tweeted. She tweeted, quote, another unarmed black man was shot in a police incident. This should be intolerable. We have so much work to do. Hashtag Terrence Crutcher. Okay, so there are a bunch of issues with the police here. Number one, this looks like police incompetence, not necessarily racism. Right? There is a difference. It's not like they drove up on the guy. He was black. They immediately shot him because he was a black guy. He wasn't paying attention to their commands. It looks like one of the officers tased him and the other officer panicked and shot him. So is that racism or is that just the police being bad at their jobs? Once you get into the idea that the police all across the country are racist, I think that you run into a problem because it's very difficult to actually establish a history of racism. We'll see if this cop who shot him had a history of racism and went to work that day looking to shoot a black guy. I tend to think not. Every time the DOJ investigates this stuff, they tend to find the opposite. They tend to find no evidence of racism at play, but there is tremendous evidence of incompetence. And the same thing is true with regard to this guy bleeding out. So apparently he was shot, and then they stand there for one minute not really knowing what to do. And the Tulsa Police Department says, we don't even really have a procedure for this sort of thing since we don't shoot people very often. That's a failure of procedure, but the left will attribute it to racism. They'll say that black people get left to die on the streets. Again, no evidence of that, no statistical evidence of that happening at all. There are police regulations, by the way, with regard to handcuffing people who are wounded. And, and that's been a complaint of the left. They've said every time a black person gets shot, then the police go and they handcuff them. They're supposed to because a wounded person could still theoretically do damage to you. But again, the left's drive here is to blame America for anything that goes wrong and blame American racism for anything that goes wrong and suggest that everybody doesn't care about this guy, Terrence Crutcher. And that's nonsense. There's no evidence. There's no evidence that the, that, that, People in America don't care about this. We want the officer prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. We all want that. We all want justice done here. We want a full investigation. If, the, if, if this shoot appears to be as bad as it appears to be, this officer is going to go to jail for a very long time. At the very least, this is manslaughter, clearly, right? It might be second-degree murder. So the fact is that this is a case where the officer will likely end up in prison, and there's a reason she crumbled to her knees after shooting the guy, realizing he was unarmed, and all the officers are on tape comforting her because they realize a bad shoot just happened in all likelihood. But again, the fact is that Hillary Clinton is always race baiting. The left is always race baiting. They put out all these tweets saying this is just more evidence that Colin Kaepernick was right. Colin Kaepernick's argument is not that black people sometimes get shot by the cops wrongly. That's not his argument. We all agree that sometimes black people get shot by the cops wrongly because sometimes white people get shot by the cops wrongly. And in my home city of Los Angeles, there was a case recently where a homeless man was basically beat to death by some cops. He was a white guy and it didn't receive anywhere near the sort of national attention that Michael Brown received, who's an actual criminal trying to attack a cop. The fact is that the police do things that are wrong. Obviously, you give people guns and you put them in, in harm's way a lot and bad things are apt to happen and people make mistakes and people do stupid things. And yes, people do racist things and people do terrible things. But Colin Kaepernick's argument is that America celebrates when this happens and nobody cares. 
That's Hillary's argument too, Sean King's argument, that people like me are sitting here saying, God, I'm glad that Terrence Crutcher got shot. What absolute nonsense. What absolute nonsense. Leftists insist that every individual injustice is in fact a reflection of deep-seated, deep-rooted American racism and evil. And that in and of itself is evil because there is no evidence that that is true whatsoever. In fact, all the evidence is to the contrary. Again, everybody who I see in my own timeline and a lot of the people in my timeline on Twitter are right-wingers. I would say 90% of the people who I follow are on the right side of the aisle. I haven't seen one person, not one, say Terrence Crutcher deserved to be shot. Glad it happened. Haven't seen one of them. But if you listen to Colin Kaepernick, the idea is that Americans across the country are rallying in the streets today in support of this cop celebrating the death of Terrence Crutcher. And this is the problem. If we can't agree, if we can't agree that we all believe good things in terms of, in terms of having good personal feelings for innocent people who are shot, then we have, there, there's no country anymore. There really is no country. If you can't agree that I have good motivations when I mourn for somebody like Terrence Crutcher, when I say that's awful what just happened to Terrence Crutcher, full extent of the law should be brought. If you suggest I'm a racist anyway, then it's obvious you don't want a country where we all get along and where we're all able to come together. If we can't come together around cases like Terrence Crutcher, we can't come together around anything. Now, what the left likes to do is pretend that cases like Michael Brown are exactly the same as cases like Terrence Crutcher. What the left likes to do is take cases that are, at best, under investigation, things like Alton Sterling, and turn them into the Terrence Crutcher case. They like to take all of these cases and lump them into one giant basket and then say that they're all the same. And if you disagree with the left on Michael Brown, that means that you don't care about Terrence Crutcher. That's sheer nonsense. It's absolute horse pucky. And it's a problem. It really is a problem. So, okay. Let's move on. The next, the next thing I want to talk about today is the continued fallout from the New York City bombing. And there is continued fallout today from the New York City bombing. So we now know that the bombing suspect, we know more about the, the bombing suspect, Ahmed Rahami, who appears to be, they say, acting alone. But his wife and his mommy both left the country two days ago, three days ago. So they knew something was up. And meanwhile, we have a report now from the New York Times that all the way back in 2014, there was actually a, uh, a report by Ahmed's daddy that he was a terrorist. So apparently he tried to stab his brother, and that's, and, that's when the, uh, and that's when dad called the cops, and dad said he's a terrorist, and the FBI looked into it, and they said, oh, no big deal here, nothing to see here. By the way, he traveled to Afghanistan. Now, I don't want to put too fine a point on it. When's the last time you traveled to Afghanistan? When's the last time you were in Afghanistan? Like, really? You know how many people go to Afghanistan as tourists? Like, not journalists, not aid workers, actual tourists. Who picks up and decides, you know what, today, I need to go to the most romantic spot on earth, Kandahar. I just need to be there. I need to be there in the middle of Taliban-occupied territory in the, northern part of Pac in the northern part of Afghanistan, right on that Afghani-Pakistani border. That's where I want to be. This guy, Ahmad Rahami, he was making repeat trips over to Pakistan into the most Taliban-infested area over there, and then he was traveling to Afghanistan. If that's not the red flag of all red flags, I don't know what is. And the idea that the law enforcement community can't keep their eye on just the number of people who traveled to Afghanistan. If you traveled to Afghanistan and you're not going there as a journalist or an aid worker, we should be keeping an eye on you. Okay? Nobody goes there just for fun. Nobody say, again, nobody's vacationing in, in the mountains of, of Afghanistan. That's just not how it works. So he goes to Afghanistan, he goes to Pakistan, he gets married, he brings back his wife. I mean, this sounds very much like uh, Syed Farouk, the guy who uh, in San Bernardino shot up that, that, that civic center. He went to Saudi Arabia, brought back a wife, they were both radicalized. They shot up the Civic Center. In this case, he goes to Afghanistan and Pakistan. He's radicalized. He brings back a wife. He actually went to a New Jersey congressperson to, uh, to help import his wife. And that New Jersey congressman, a Democrat, of course, said that uh, he helped, the, uh, he helped the, the guy get the, the, the woman in. 
Rahami contacted my office in the year 2014 because he wanted his wife to come from <coughs> Pakistan. He and wanted his we, wife we, to come from Pakistan and, and he contacted yes. your office. Did his wife ever get to the United States? I assume she did. At the time she, she was pregnant and the, uh, in Pakistan they told her that she could not come over until she had the baby because she had to get a visa for the baby. Another piece of information we're learning right here again just to finish that thought. Those yeah, five he was kind of nasty too. Those five, that's as we learn more about it. Obviously based on what he's accused of doing, he clearly was kind of nasty. Those five individuals, family members to be clear, uh, they have all been released. None of them was charged. He's kind of nasty, too. Well, I'm glad that you really sounded off on that at the time. Better to import his wife and his baby so that later he could commit a terrorist attack. Great. Glad that happened. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is on a rampage about all of this, and he should be. He should be. So, you know, let's play a little bit of good Trump, bad Trump, because the fact is that there was some good Trump yesterday. Good Trump, we have our theme song. All righty. So. Time for some good Trump. I don't have my magical faces with me, unfortunately, because the fact is that I'm not back in L.A. I'm stuck in this hotel in Michigan. But in any case, Donald Trump says that it's ridiculous how well this this terrorist is being treated. Here's what he had to say. We have caught this evil thug who planted the bombs. Thank you, law enforcement. Thank you, police. Right. But the bad part, now we will give him amazing hospitalization. He will be taken care of by some of the best doctors in the world. He will be given a fully modern and updated hospital room. And he'll probably even have room service knowing the way our country is. And on top of all of that, he will be represented by an outstanding lawyer. Okay, so, you know, this is sort of an unfair hit. This guy's actually an American citizen. He's a naturalized American citizen, which means that you have to give him all the things an American citizen would get. But the underlying message of what Trump is saying is that we treat terrorist suspects too lightly. And that, of course, is, is totally true. Okay, we have to take a break quickly for U.S. Tax Shield. So our friends at U.S. Tax Shield, if you're in trouble with the IRS, if you haven't paid your back taxes, if you're somebody... Who has uh, who's gotten in arrears with with the with the government, or if you've just been targeted by the IRS and you need to talk to folks to help you get out of that hole, you need to call my friends over at U.S. Tax Shield. Their number is 800-542-2226. They have an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they specialize in helping people like you. They'll get on the line with you and the IRS. They will give you a an actual an actual bottom line estimate that will not change over time after they get on the line with the IRS and figure out how much you actually owe to the IRS. They have a fresh start program that allows them to renegotiate your debt with the IRS and settle it in a short period of time. Call them right now, U.S. Tax Shield, 1-800-542-2226, or you can visit them at ustaxshield.com slash Ben to find out what resolution programs you qualify for and see how much you can save on your tax debt. Again, the number is 800-542-2226, ustaxshield.com slash Ben. Of course, always use the slash Ben so that they know that we sent you. Okay, so Donald Trump, that wasn't the only thing that Donald Trump said or did. Donald Trump's son has gotten himself in significantly hot water for tweeting this. We have a picture of this tweet, the Skittles tweet. Let's see, here it is. So it says, if I had a bowl of Skittles and I told you just three would kill you, would you take a handful? That's our Syrian refugee problem. That's a picture of a bowl of Skittles. And everybody on the left loses their mind over this graphic. They all go absolutely nuts 
over this graphic. How could he compare Syrian refugees to Skittles? I agree. Skittles are delicious and, and sugary treats. Syrian refugees, I assume, are not delicious. I don't eat them. But in any case, everybody goes nuts over this. How could he possibly make the Skittles analogy? I have to say, I don't really understand what's so horrible about the Skittles analogy. If the idea is that it's possible to determine which Skittles are poisoned, then we don't have a problem, do we? But if we can't determine which Skittles are poisoned, then perhaps we ought to think about how our immigration system works, especially given the fact that, again, the Rahami family, his father was, was an immigrant. The Farouk family, I believe the father was an immigrant. Uh, the the, the Tsarniyev brothers immigrated as, as children and teenagers, and the mom was radicalized. So the fact is that I, I, everybody's going nuts over the Skittles analogy. I just don't, I, I really don't see why particularly. I mean, there, there's some holes in the analogy, but if you actually take it for what it is, which is a very simplistic analogy, uh, I, I don't see the big problem, except that the media are out to get Trump. It's not going to work. Most people actually agree with the analogy. Most people look at that and they say, well, yeah, that's right. If there are going to be a couple of people who come across from overseas to murder Americans, let's just shut that whole thing down. This is why Trump has an advantage on the terror issue. We'll talk more about all of this as we continue over at dailywire.com. If you want to subscribe at dailywire.com, then you need to uh, you need to go there right now and you can continue to watch the show live. And, uh, and not only can you watch the show live continuing, you can also get an annual membership right now. That means you get a free copy of Andrew Clavin's book, which is a really interesting book, as I talked about last week. Uh, plus, you can be part of the mailbag. In a, in a couple of days here, we do the mailbag, which is always awesome. And we now have a feature where if you're part of dailywire.com and you're watching live, I will respond to your questions in real time during the mailbag, which is really a pretty cool feature. So dailywire.com, eight bucks a month, become a subscriber. And, uh, and, continue, and if you just want to listen, check us out later at iTunes and SoundCloud the largest and most popular podcast in conservative America, The Ben Shapiro Show. So the entire left has gone nuts over the Skittles analogy. And what they've said is, if you have a bowl of Skittles and three of them are poisoned, why not just shut down the Skittles factory? Meaning that, that the analogy can be carried too far. Every Muslim all over the world, let's just prevent every, or everybody, in Ameri everybody everywhere from, from immigrating. That's a stupid point. The reason that's a stupid point is we know, we know that the poison Skittles are in this one bowl of Skittles. Not every Skittle in the world, this one bowl. And this one bowl includes people who are immigrating from countries we can't vet. It's that simple. So I don't see, everybody's going nuts over the Skittles analogy. I don't see why. It doesn't seem all that controversial to me. If, if, you, if you find it implausible, if you find it unconvincing, all right. But I don't know what's so offensive about the idea that you're making basically, I mean, if you had said a bag of marbles and three of them are, and three of them are dangerous, do you, do you take the whole bag? Like, the, uh, this seems uncontroversial. Trump basically said the same thing. He was asked about profiling, and here's what Donald Trump had to say, and this is more good Trump. You want to profile. You want to profile Arab or Muslim men. How would that work? Well, then we have no choice. Look, Israel does it, and Israel does it very successfully. They do it at the airport. You want to do it? They do it at the airport. Well, they do it. They do it. And when they see somebody that they'd like to talk to, that they'd like to look at, that they'd like to maybe open up their satchel and take a look what's inside, they do it. And they don't like to do it. I don't like to do it. But we have to be, you know, you have a, a woman who's 87 years old in a wheelchair from Sweden, and we have to look at her if we're going to look at somebody else. If we see somebody that we think there could be a problem at airports and other places, you talk to them and you see what's going on. Okay, so again, there's nothing really wrong here. He's talking about behavioral profiling. Now, what's amazing is the media are so out to get Trump that they deceptively edit this one. They actually edit Trump's comments to lie that he suggested racial profiling. Check out this clip 17. Here's what CNN edited those same Trump comments to say. 
said, but Israel has done an unbelievable job and they'll profile. They profile, they see somebody that's suspicious, they will profile, they will take that person in, they'll check. And then underneath, it says, Trump says, quote, racial profiling will stop terrorism. Right, that's what it says. Quote, racial, pro did he say racial profiling? Nowhere in there does he say racial profiling. By the way, religious profiling is not racial. There are lots of different kinds of Muslims. The most populous Muslim country on earth is an Asian country, Indonesia. This idea that, that Trump is, is talking about racial profiling is not true. He's talking about behavioral profiling. The more the left goes out on the limb here, the worse they look. The worse they look. And you can see how, how bad they look. Josh Ernest at the White House looking really bad here. He says, we're not going to link this bomber to ISIS. I'm not prepared to draw the same kind of links to ISIL. Uh, this is something that FBI officials are still investigating in Minnesota. I recognize what ISIL has put out in terms of their propaganda, but we're going to let the facts uh, guide this investigation. The president's been getting regular updates from his national security team starting Saturday night, shortly after the, uh, the detonations that took place here in New York. And speak okay, so, so he's saying that there's no connection to ISIS. They keep saying this sort of stuff, and then later we always find out there's some sort of connection. But at the very least, this is somebody who's radicalized. Does any of this make you feel more secure? Andrew Cuomo, he says what makes us great. He's arguing with, with Trump on the whole giving rights to ter terror suspects routine. Here's Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, talking about how it's great that we give rights to terror suspects. We have a system of jurisprudence. Uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. You have a right to counsel. Uh, and uh, you have a right uh, to hospital. Uh, if you're ill. That is our system. Uh, and it's what makes this country special and what makes this country great. We believe we have the right man. We believe that's who was on the video. We believe that was his fingerprint. Uh, but I was a prosecutor. I was the attorney general in this state, as you know. Uh, sometimes the government is wrong. And that's why we have a judicial process and we have trials and, and hearings, etc. So. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the alternative would be uh, unless you said we should have a, a government that on their own belief uh, is judge and jury and executioner all in one. So I fully, I, I actually agree with what Andrew Cuomo is saying. The problem is that he actually wants to extend that outward. He actually wants to extend that, I would assume, to foreign terror suspects, which is what the Obama administration has done. If he's talking about American citizens, obviously I agree. American citizens have rights. Of course, his president is busy droning American citizens if they're overseas, right? I mean, he droned Anwar al-Awlaki, who may have deserved to be droned, but was an American citizen. Uh, so he's willing to deprive him of, of his American rights. Uh, it's, you get in real dicey territory when you're talking about people who commit terrorist acts, legally speaking. John Yu has a lot to write about this and a lot to say about this, how you treat people who are American citizens but actively work as enemy combatants and all this. You know, When they're on American soil, for sure, they are treated just the same way they would be as any other American citizen. If they're overseas, like Anwar al-Awlaki, maybe the, maybe the calculus changes. But the problem for the, the Obama administration is they want to extend this to terrorists everywhere. Okay, so put that to the side for a second. Let's talk a little bit about the, the Democrats' now new hysteria to attack Trump, and it's on everything. I mean, it really is on everything. So Harry Reid today, the, the execrable Harry Reid, I mean, an execrable, for those who don't know, execrable is a word deriving from excrement. The execrable Harry Reid was attacking Donald Trump over his tax returns today. Here's what he had to say on the Senate floor. If elected Donald Trump would be the scammer in chief, Trump is a fraud. That's a word that I chose. He was born with an inheritance but lost his daddy's wealth. Mr. President, that is why Donald Trump won't release his tax returns. 
That's certainly okay, we can one stop of the reasons, of course. So he, so he continues along these lines. He says, here are all my theories as to why Donald Trump won't release his tax returns. One of the problems that, that the left has with Trump is that they've cried wolf so many times. I've said this before. They've cried wolf so many times about other Republican candidates that this stuff no longer applies. Harry Reid made the exact same argument about Mitt Romney. He lied. He said Romney paid no effective income tax. Romney did pay an income tax, paid about 15% effective income tax rate. Harry Reid is lying here, too. He doesn't know anything about what's in Trump's tax returns, and it's absurd for him to suggest he does. It doesn't matter. The media are covering it straight, pretending that Harry Reid is saying something worthwhile when Harry Reid is just a corrupt tool bag. He's not the only one. Elizabeth Warren making similar, similarly extreme arguments suggesting that Donald Trump wants his supporters to shoot Hillary Clinton. Do you think he's actually intimating, suggesting, hinting, or urging violence? But what else do you think he means when he says, let her protection, let the Secret Service lay down their arms, and then let's see what happens? Of course he is. And I'm, I'm sorry. For me, that's not even wink, wink, nod, nod. This is Donald Trump saying, hey, there's another way to deal here. And I, you know, it's... Again, this kind of goes back to this question about what kind of a human being are we talking about? So he's losing to Hillary Clinton, and his answer is to say somebody should get out there and do violence. You know, and look, I get it. Okay. Um, campaigns okay. are— Well, what, what she's saying is absurd. Okay, there was, a, there was a comment earlier in Trump's campaign where he, it seemed like he made a joke about somebody taking a shot at Hillary Clinton. The comment she's talking about is not that comment. The comment she's talking about is the one where Trump was saying Hillary Clinton is so all fired, interested in disarming everybody. You know what would happen if we disarmed her Secret Service? Okay, that's an anti-gun control argument, not an anti-Hillary, let's watch Hillary get killed argument. He's saying Hillary ought to have protection, and so should you. That's his argument. But the left is so eager to paint Donald Trump as a nutcase, they're now trying to imply that he wants Hillary Clinton to be murdered. And the media are just going to go along with this whole thing. So Trump says that the debates are going to be rigged against him. And he's correct. He is correct. Here is Donald Trump talking about the debates that are starting. First debate is next Monday. You have two kind of partisan people, though. The next debate, you have Martha yeah. Raddatz at ABC, who I work with in Boston, a brilliant journalist. But she she's a Democrat. And then Anderson Cooper, uh, I think he does a decent job over there, but he's a Democrat. Okay, so you got two Democrats, and you don't want. And are, are you showing up for that, or what are you going to do? And by the way, Lester's a Democrat. Look, I didn't know it's that. A, it's a phony system. Lester's a Democrat. I mean, they're all Democrats. Okay, it's it's a very unfair system. Uh, I look, I've worked pretty well within the system. I guess by a lot of polls, I'm leading many of the polls and most of the polls. I just After the debate, well. that'll change, and then you'll see. And but, the but Raditz, Raditz and Cooper, are you okay with them or no? No, not really. I'm not okay with uh, Anderson Cooper because I think he treats me very unfairly at CNN. I think he's very unfair on CNN. I think CNN, they call it the Clinton News Network. That's why the ratings aren't doing very well. Well, they have to compete with MSNBC. That? That's why they may be doing that. But but you say you're not happy with it, but you'll show up. You're not going to boycott it like you did the Fox no, thing. No, I'll show up. Good. I'll show right, up. All right. Look, and then the last one is Chris the Wallace. That's what they're doing. Right. And the last one is Chris yeah. Wallace. He's fair, right? He's fair, he's tough, he's fair, and yeah. I don't mind as long as he's fair. And I've done a lot of work with Chris, and I've, I've never had a problem with All right, him. good. Okay, so Trump is actually right about all of this, and he's right that the media are out to get him. And we'll show you some evidence. So Don Lemon on CNN. Here, watch what Don Lemon has to say. There's a Trump supporter who comes on, they're talking about birtherism. Again, Trump said last week 
Obama was born in America, that you put this stupid thing to bed. Yes, he shouldn't have dragged it on for years and years, stupid implications that Obama had put out a fake birth certificate. Yes, that was ridiculous. Yes, it's typical of Trump and his conspiracy theory nonsense. But this issue's dead. So why are we still talking about it? Because the media want to talk about it. So here is, here's Don Lemon talking about it. I, I know that there were comments in the 2008 campaign. Not by Hillary Clinton. There were raised. no comments. I think Name one comment by Hillary Clinton. No, no. Name one public comment by her campaign. There was no public comment by her campaign. This again has, is another lie. Jennifer, this For is Pinocchio's. something you all think no, no, no. you can push on because you're in the tank. And I'm just, I listen, I'm telling realize, the truth because I'm following right. what one the Washington of, one Post One at a time. Said. One at a time. She's this actually, she's actually stating rated. a fact, uh, Congresswoman Blackburn, and that's the point. Facts do matter. Is there one instance that yeah. you can... Uh, that you can espouse or show of Hillary Clinton publicly uh, pushing the birther issue. Okay, so and, and notice how they've limited this now. Now it used to be Hillary had nothing to do with the birther issue, and now they've, they've actually consolidated their position. Hillary never said anything about the birther issue. The reason they're now recasting this is because it turns out that Sidney Blumenthal, who is Hillary's personal hatchet man, was going around to members of the media pitching the idea that they ought to investigate Obama's Kenyan connection, his connections in Kenya, the possibility that he was born there. There was also a memo put out in 2007, as part of the Clinton campaign, trying to cast, Trump, uh, trying to cast Obama as a, as a sort of foreign personality in the election and asking questions about his past in Indonesia and all the rest of this. So yes, the Clinton campaign pushed out the idea that Trump was kind of a foreigner. If you recall, she was asked specifically about whether Trump was a Muslim. She said, no, I don't think so. I don't really have any evidence of that. Wink, wink, nod, nod. You know, so, so this idea that, that Hillary Clinton never pushed any of this, that the media are now trying to put it all on Trump. Look, Trump deserves what he gets on this issue. He is the one who pushed it the hardest. But the idea that Hillary had nothing to do with it is also a lie. And these sort of lies just continue. I mean, we showed you earlier the, the CNN stealth edit that suggested that he was in favor of racial profiling. Watch CNN deceptively edit Hillary Clinton's comments about the bombing. See, see if you can spot what's missing here, and then I'll explain what they did. Okay, we can stop it there. That's the edit, right? I mean, she called it a bombing, and, the, and MSNBC and CNN both edited that part out. They just had her condemning Trump for, pre, for, for preemptively saying bombing. Okay, now, she's still right. Trump preemptively said it, but they edited out the part where she also called it a bombing, which, of course, undermines her own case. I, I thought that Jimmy Fallon, who's actually become I used to I used to really despise Jimmy Fallon. Now, by process of elimination... Uh, I'm getting to like Jimmy Fallon more than his than his other his his com compatriots in the, in the late night comedy club. Jimmy Fallon had Hillary on the other night, and I thought actually this was funny because it was symbolic and true. Here's what Jimmy Fallon did with Hillary the other night. We just had Donald Trump on the show a few oh, days I ago. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> but I heard that he, he he left something in your dressing room, and I apologize because I didn't know that oh. he, he left something behind. And that's, yeah, yeah. We usually don't. He left that here, and this is just. I, I, are you sure well, that it's... Let's look. I mean, I mean, let's see what's in there. Well, this is a... 
a framed photo. It must be of his of his wife. Or something. Is that no? That's not Melania, is it? No, that's, no, that's not. Yeah. That's not. Are you sure? That shouldn't. I don't know if this yeah, is. Yeah, the, the most famous romance going. Right? <laughs> Besides me and Timberlake. Uh, but yeah, uh, the. <laughs> Well, but Justin's worthy of your. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, Last I checked, he hadn't, yeah. you know, killed off his uh, adversaries. No, I, I don't think he has either. Uh, a CD? Why would he have a CD in there? We don't even have a CD player in the back there. Oh, I see. This is uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. So I understand what he's talking about. That's why he must that, be really. That's, as, that's as close as he's going to get to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta make a return. I don't know. Is there anything else? Is there anything you want well, to see? Let me see what here? else you got in here. Oh, I don't know. This is his stuff. It's a pretty beat up bag. Because he carries that it's around. Like a with him? homeless person's bag. <laughs> you know? Oh, look. You know what? What? He left these for you. Softballs. Oh, is that? No, no. I didn't. No, uh, that was my gift to him. No. Yeah, that was. That's yeah. what I gave him. Yeah, you gave him. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll, I'll give them to to you later in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so at the very at the very end, at least he makes he makes the the right joke, which is that he's offering softballs to both of them. Obviously, having on Hillary so that he can bash Trump. I don't remember him having on Trump so they could bash Hillary. I just remember him sort of asking softball questions. But at least he acknowledges that that's his job. That's what Fallon does. He just asks softball to to everybody. Okay. Meanwhile, Hillary just can't get out of her own way. The polling data is better for Hillary. I, I asked late last week whether Trump's surge in the polls, and he, he didn't really surge. Again, Hillary sort of fell whether that was the new normal or whether that was going to be sort of a spike uh, in the polls and then, and then you would see a reversion back to normal. I, I think that you're starting to see a reversion back to normal. There's a new NBC poll out today that shows Hillary up five among registered voters uh, and, among, and five among likely voters as well. That, of course, is not good news for Donald Trump. But Hillary still can't get out of her own way, which is the only reason this is a close race. And Bill can't either. Here's Bill Clinton trying to explain why it's okay that he, uh, that, that he and, and the Clinton Foundation were operating hand-in-glove with the State Department. Do you think over the years, Mr. President, that there were people who donated to the foundation thinking that they're building a relationship with you, that they're building a relationship with Hillary Clinton, that you guys might be back in the White House someday? Well, since we had more than 300,000 donors, it would be unusual if nobody did, but I don't the names I saw in the paper, none of them surprised me, and all of them could have gotten their own meeting with Hillary. Uh, and, you know, when you've been doing this kind of work for as long as we have, you know the people who are the major players. And also, some of them who call my staff, people were doing double duty back then. And I had an office of the former president when it was natural for people who had been our political allies and personal friends to call and ask for things. And I trusted the State Department wouldn't do anything they shouldn't do, from a meeting to a favor. And uh, so he trusted the State Department not to do anything they wouldn't time do. Time. And if anybody believes that Bill Clinton trusted the State Department not money. to do things that were illegal, I, I, I recommend highly that you get have your head checked. Obviously, he trusted that the State Department would do exactly what the State Department did, which was act as a corrupt tool for Hillary Clinton, which is why, of course, Charlie Crist, who is now running again for office in Florida, I think. I mean, the guy's run for office as a member of every political party. He's now down to, like, the U.K. Independent Party running in Florida, which doesn't even make any sense. He apparently, uh, he was talking about Hillary Clinton. He said that she was honest and listened to the crowd reaction. I am proud of Hillary Clinton. I think she's been a, a very good Secretary of State, a very good Senator from the state of New York. The thing I like most about her is I believe that she is steady. I believe that she is strong. Uh, I believe that she is honest. Uh, and I look forward to voting for him. <laughs>
<laughs> and the entire crowd loses it because, of course, she's not honest. So this election will continue to be close despite the media's attempts to, to tear Trump down. And that's because the Democrats are so terrible at this and because they also blow up every attack on Trump into a level, a level 11 attack. Uh, and, and that sort of deafens you. If the volume's constantly at full blast, then there's no nuance. There's no dynamic. We can never tell whether something's really important or whether they're just saying it's important. Okay, time for some stuff I like and then some stuff I hate. So we're doing classic comedies today. I don't think we've done this one before. Great old comedy. This one's called The Awful Truth. It's Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. Irene Dunn, one of the great un unsung talents in Hollywood history. She could sing. She could She could. She could act. I mean, she could do comedy. She could do drama. Really a tremendous, tremendous actress. This is a great comedy. It really does hold up well today. Cary Grant and Irene Dunn play this, this couple that's divorced, uh, and she, is, she has a new suitor, and he's trying to win her back. And it's, it's a great movie. There can't be any doubt in marriage. The whole thing's built on faith. If you've lost that, well, you've lost everything. Yes, I suppose when that's gone, the marriage is washed up, isn't it? Do you mean that? Uh-huh. All right, then, that settles it. Well, I guess it does. I wouldn't go on living with you if you were dipped in platinum. So go on, divorce me. Go on, divorce me. It'll be a pleasure. Divorce you? Are you crazy? Do you think I'd drag that music lover into court to show people the man you preferred to me? All right, oh. then I'll divorce you. I believe it's customary anyhow for the wife to bring suit. It has something to do with the husband being a gentleman, if you know what I oh, mean. Oh, never mind that stuff. Just get on with the divorce proceedings. I can All hardly right. wait. I'll call up our lawyer right now. All right, here. You don't mind my using him. I don't know anyone else. You get around so much more than I do. Is that so? Hello? Hello, Lucy. What's that? Divorce? You and Jerry? Now, now, Lucy. Don't do anything in haste that you might regret later. Marriage is a beautiful thing and you Why can give it every... Why can't we call you back after we've finished eating? Please be quiet, will you? you? Seem agitated, Lucy. Try and calm yourself. I hate to see you take any hasty action in a matter like this. Marriage is a beautiful Why thing. Why don't and you finish your meal? Why can't they call you back later? Please shut your mouth. As I was saying, Lucy, marriage is a beautiful thing. And when you've been married as long as I have, you'll appreciate it, too. Your food is getting ice cold. You're always complaining about your food. Have Will you, you shut your big mouth? I'll eat when I get good and ready, and if you don't like it, you know what you can do. So shut up. <laughs> and though the whole movie is, is very caustic that way, uh, and it, it is great. Two, two terrific performances uh, and, uh, and, and some, some great supporting acting work. The, the Awful Truth, uh, this is, I think, 1937, so very early film. Okay, other things that I like. The Princeton professor, uh, this black Princeton professor, is very angry at President Obama because Obama went to the, the Congressional Black Caucus and lectured black people, you must vote for Hillary or you're ruining my legacy, which is just absurd. I mean, the idea that you're going to lecture an entire racial group on how they ought to vote just because you share a race with them is really disgusting. Uh, this Princeton professor basically says the same thing. I was really annoyed, actually, by the president's speech. Were you really? I thought that was inspiring. Well, you know, I think part of what we see is that the Clinton campaign uh, made a bad decision. They spent most of the summer uh, trying to uh, uh, court uh, disaffected Republicans and taking their base for granted. And I've said on this show that how what would happen 
uh, as uh, she was getting the endorsements of Bush Republicans and the like. How would that excite those folks who yeah. were supporting Bernie Sanders? How would that excite Latino voters? How would it excite African-American voters? And so now what do we get? Instead of a, a series of rational arguments from right. the president to black political to black voters, right. we get, you know, don't insult me. Wow. Um, and, okay. and I just I just find that condescending. OK, so. Uh, that, that's exactly right. It is condescending and it is ridiculous. Okay, time for some stuff that I hate. A couple of things. That, one thing that I hate, and then we will do some deconstructing the culture. So, the thing that I hate. Rick Perry was on Dancing with the Stars again. Uh, um, I understand that Donald Trump has turned all of politics into a reality show. And it really wasn't Trump. It was Obama who turned it into a reality show with his interviews with Glozell and his appearances on the Emmys and the Grammys and and the and the Native American Fiddle Awards and, and any any TV show he could get his, his face on. Um, but now Rick Perry, who's obviously seen the end of his political career, uh, he decides it's very important for him to go on Dancing with the Stars. He's raising money for the vets, which is always sort of the the go to um, when you when you're when you're doing something a little bit ridiculous. And that doesn't mean that he's he's not raising money for the vets. He is. That's great. That's wonderful. But you don't have to go on Dancing with the Stars to do it. Here's Rick Perry on Dancing with the Stars. That's the force from the governor of the state of Texas. Oh my god. That was horrifying. There's no other word for it. This is what our politics is now. Oh, God. The, the founding fathers are certainly happy that a presidential candidate and a four-term Republican governor of the state of Texas is dancing to Green Acres on Dancing with the Stars. And my favorite part of the part was, man, to that. <laughs> what have we come to, gang? Yeah, we're screwed. I can't imagine how it came down to the two worst people in America. I just can't freaking imagine how it came down to these two. Okay, fine. It's time for some deconstructing the culture. So you thought I couldn't get any more grumpy. It's time to get even more grumpy. This is the number one, believe it or not, this right here we're about to play is the number one chart-topping rap song in America from the Rap Top 40. I've done kind of the normal pop Top 40. I haven't done Rap Top 40 because you get into some real dicey territory and our editors have to spend a lot of time bleeping things if we do the Rap Top 40. But for those who say that rap culture isn't dangerous, isn't a problem for people who take it seriously, doesn't promote terrible values, doesn't harm anybody. I present to you Exhibit 1, Broccoli by D-R-A-M. I, pre- I assume that's Dram. I-, I-, I don't know if that was the kid's given name, came out of his mom, and said, we'll call you Dram. It also features Lil Yachty. I don't know who Lil Yachty is, or Lil Yachty, the, the T's are silent. Lil Yachty. I don't know if he owns a yacht. I assume he does. I don't know if he was born on a yacht. I don't know if maybe his name is is Yatop, 
Yachttober and, and <laughs> shortened it to Yachty. In any case, here's a little bit of the music video, that, the part that's not obscene, uh, from, uh, from Broccoli by Dram. So for people who can't see, we're in the middle of a river. And no there is a woman who is shaking her rump. And then there's a second woman who's shaking her rump. Hey, I'm beyond. And then there are people playing a piano in the middle of a river, which seems like hey. a dramatic mistreatment. Okay, so they're, they're, all, it sort of intercut with all these pictures of, of people hugging and kissing and making out and, and uh, shaking, and many, many black women shaking their rears. Okay, so it's, so let me let me now pause before we get to the part where it's just another thirty-seven minutes of a woman shaking her ample, her ample posterior at the camera. Okay, so here is what the actual lyric is. Okay, and I'm I'm reading this straight. Okay, this is what the actual lyric is. I'm gonna bleep out the stuff that I can't obviously say. Ain't no telling what I'm finna be on. A A. I'm beyond all that. F S. Hey. Okay, that's the not good English, but. Hey, low mama, would you like to be my sunshine? N-word, touch my gang. We're going to turn this blank to Columbine because there's nothing that's more lovely and, and evocative of, of having a good life than shooting up a bunch of children at a high school. Ice on my neck cost me 10 times three, so I assume that's $30,000. $30,000 for an N-word to get flea. I assume that's short for fleek because fleek is short for flictacular. I don't know. I just hit Rodeo, and I spent like 10 Gs. I thought you just spent 30 I just did a show and spent the check on my mama. When I go on vacay, I might rent out the Bahamas. And I keep like 10 phones. Damn, I'm really never home. All these N-word clones trying to copy what I'm on. N-word, get your own. Trying to pick an N-word bone. Word to brother, skip. Boy, I had a good day. Metro PCS trapping, boy, I'm making plays. Fifty Shades of Grey, beat that P-word like Hulk Hogan. I know you hate my slogan. If it ain't about guap, I'm gone. I assume guap is... is is pot. N-words hating cause I'm chosen from the concrete I had rose. Shoddy staring at my necklace because my diamonds really froze. Put that blank up in her blank. Bet she feel it in her toes. So, the, the, the song, you haven't heard the word broccoli, and it turns out that it's not actually a nutritional ode. Um, I, uh, I, I was under the impression that broccoli was something that, that people didn't like to eat because it wasn't very tasty, but it turns out that broccoli is just another of the myriad words for pot. Uh, and this, this video is obviously a pot-worshipping, sex-worshipping, spending lots of money. Uh, and and this, is, this is supposed to be a lifestyle that is worthy of emulation. As the, word, the lifestyle that is not going to make people into losers is smoking lots of pot, having sex with random strangers, and spending all of your money on luxuries like jewelry. Now, I spend lots of money on jewelry for my wife, but that's because I can afford to spend lots of money on jewelry for my wife. The idea here is that you are a, you are a real man if you buy lots of jewelry, not necessarily for a girl, just for yourself, and then people envy you, and then you have raunchy sex with a bunch of different women and smoke pot. Now, could you possibly imagine why people, black, white, doesn't matter, I'm not talking about race here, why people who listen to this kind of music all day, and there are lots of white kids who do, the majority of rap consumers are, are white, the kind of folks who, who listen to this sort of music all day might have a perverse view of women, might have a perverse view of work, 
might have a perverse view of, of what you're supposed to spend money on. I mean, this sort of stuff is, is so damaging and stupid. It's not enriching in any way. And not only is it not enriching, it's celebratory of promiscuity and raunch. I mean, is there any romance to these girls at all? I mean, really, there's no romance to their treatment of women. They're just, they're, they're, they treat them like strippers. There's no, there's no idea that you actually have to work hard to make money. No, it's, it all just sort of comes to you, and then you spend it all on broccoli and diamonds, and everybody worships you. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry, it's ridiculous. And it's more than ridiculous, it's actually, it's actually pretty, um, it's pretty insulting to the idea that there are people who work hard in this country so that they can live a good moral life and build families and build a society worthy of surviving. Because this is not how you build a society. It's not by doing drugs and having sex with random strangers and then bragging about it to your friends. That's not how you build a society. And yes, culture does have an impact on how people live and how people act and what people worship and what people think about the way politics ought to work. And by the way, if you have expectations that money is going to descend on you and you can live this sort of lifestyle and then that lifestyle doesn't descend on you and then you turn around and you ask the government for help, that's how you end up with a, with a tremendous amount of leftism. You have outsized expectations for your life based on then the, the guarantee that pop culture is offering you that this, this life, this life of sex and drugs and jewelry is just a stone's throw away if you're lucky. And if you're unlucky, then you're a victim of the society itself. Okay, well, that takes us to the end of today's show. We'll be back tomorrow broadcasting from New Haven, Connecticut, because I'm speaking at Yale tomorrow night. So that'll be a party. If you're out in, uh, in, in Michigan, we're at uh, Grand Rapids Valley uh, College tonight, uh, and that should be a party. I believe it's open to the public. So, uh, so I'll see you then. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So... I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.